the family business, that's right. The family business. What is the business of the church? What is our business? You see, Matthew 28, Jesus said these words to his disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You see, that's our business. We're here to fellowship, to be one as a family, but we're not just to be one as a family for ourselves and our own sake. It's great if we all get along and we love each other and we've worked out all the dysfunction that we can work out potentially. But if that point, if it doesn't lead us to tell other people about Jesus, to invite them to come be a part of our family, then we have missed completely what the gospel calls us to do. And over the next three weeks, starting next week, I'm going to be sharing what that looks like for us. What we're going to have to give up to really fulfill, to accomplish the family business of making disciples of all nations. But most importantly, even here in Eastland County. But church, we have to be one family. I think that's our greatest challenge moving from a congregation of individuals to being one family. doesn't mean we have to think alike. doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. It doesn't mean any of those things. But that we have the same mind of Christ, of being one, of being committed to that sole purpose that we gather together to make disciples. I challenged everyone last week to commit to praying on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, to coming up to our church. So there's probably some forms still in the pew backs in front of you. And I challenge our church for everyone to commit to a time to come up to our church and to pray. I know you can pray anywhere, and I want you to do that. But if I could challenge you to find somebody, to find a couple people that, hey, we want to pray. We want to come up here. We've created a room. It's going to be, we're almost finished with it. We have things in there for you that will help prompt you. We're going to have a prayer station for you to pray for our ministry partners, to send prayer notes to them. There's things that we're going to do that will help you as we pray for our community, for our church, and for ourselves, that the gospel will transform all of those things. And I set a time on there and on the cards in front of you, it says from 7.30 to 5.30. I know that's not necessarily a realistic time for a lot of people. So if you're like, hey, pastor, I... I want to do this, but I I need to come at 6.30 in the morning. We'll find a way. We have a little bitty thing called the code that you can just walk in the door. Half the time it's unlocked anyways. There's other doors people can get into. I mean, there are ways you can get into our church, and we will make it accessible for you. If it's at nighttime, it can come at night. But if you want to commit to praying, to coming up to this place, and I would challenge you to, to grab people in your Sunday school class that you live life with, that you sit with, that are close to, to challenge one another to come up, hey, we're going to come up and pray. At X time, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. But we're going to commit ourselves to prayer. And I truly believe that through that, God will do something incredible. And then the second thing about fellowship, what does this look like for us as a church as we move forward to be one, to, to spend time with one another? And so part of fellowship is that, you know, it's like all relationships. you got to know, can I have fun with these people? Can I enjoy things with these people? 
And so today is a great opportunity for you to come and to, to brush shoulders with people that you may never get to talk to. At 3 o'clock today out of Solid Rock Camps, come and actually make an effort then to go talk to somebody who you may not talk to. Our young families talk to our older families in our congregation and vice versa that we are making an effort to be one family, to get to know one another. That isn't the only thing that we're going to do. The first Wednesday of every month, starting in September, on September 1st, we're going to have something called FBC Unite. We're going to have a fellowship meal at 530 in our gym. And then at that point, we're going to come into our worship center. We're going to have a service from 615 to 7. We're going to have our young people in here. We're going to have everybody who wants to come be a part of that so that we can encourage one another. We're also seeing it as a, an outreach tool for those who come on Wednesdays and send their kids to us so they can get a, a glimpse of maybe what takes place on Sunday morning. They can experience and taste and see, man, there's something about this body. They love one another, but they love Christ even more than that, and it compels them. I imagine for us being a fellowship, a church body, that truly is living out these things of being one family, of loving one another, encouraging one another. It means being here, making yourself available, making yourself open to how you have a part to play. Because you see, whether you realize it or not, we all have a part to play in this body. Every single one of us. And you may be involved in things and you're giving yourself and that's great. But if you're not, I want this to be an invitation to you to come, to get your hands dirty, to get your feet moving, to find a class to get involved in on Sunday mornings, to, to start serving in ways that you maybe hadn't thought of before, to give yourself to the body, that your innermost thoughts and feelings and intentions are about God's kingdom and his church. I think if we can overcome that one challenge to become one family, we will be able to fulfill God's mission in ways that we could never have thought were possible. Because if we're just a church of individuals, yes, we'll see little glimmers of hope here, a flash in the pan there. But I think we will miss so much more of what God wants to do for us. We'll miss so much more if we stay individuals as opposed to being one family. And with that church, of why we're doing communion is because it's one family. At this point, I want to invite our deacons to come forward of why we take communion. That it's this right here symbolic of what Christ has done for us through the shedding of his body, the breaking of his body, and the shedding of his blood. And it's with that, it's with that, that we enter into this new family. As I shared a couple weeks ago, that when we become a follower of Christ, we become that new family. And it's at the Lord's table, when we take communion, that we become that new family. We are to remember the poor. We are to remember Christ's atoning sacrifice for us. And we're also to remember the hope that we have that Christ will return again. So church, today as you come forward, 
we do so as one family, as one body, with one heart and one mind. There's something powerful about what we do here in this moment, in this place. There's a couple of verses I want to read for us, and then we'll pray for us as we get ready to take communion. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 18. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread. We who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. Paul then would go on to write in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this time, Lord. God, may this moment help us see that we are part of one family, your family. That you've called us into this new family to live in a new way this broken world. God, we thank you for giving yourself for us, for dying on the sins for our cross so that we can experience salvation, life eternal. And through that, you have brought reconciliation to the world. God, we know that because of the shedding of your blood. And may we in this time remember your work for us. Father, if there is any unconfessed sin in our lives, may we get right before you. May we confess it to you. May we confess it to one another. May you use this moment to teach us, to correct us, to rebuke us, Father. So that we don't stumble, that we don't trip up over our own sin. But may we in this time experience your grace and your mercy like never before. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.